everyone, welcome to the film room. And today we are covering 2017's It Chapter One. And I'm excited to not only have Crazy Uncle Seth on the pod, but his older brother, my uncle Donnie. Now, these two are some goofballs, so I'm gonna let them introduce themselves. Crazy Uncle Seth, why don't you go first? Well, y'all know me, you've heard me before. Crazy Uncle Seth, uh Seth Roto, uh ready to roll. Let's do this. You forgot one. Seth Ray Dahmer. <laughs> you assholes. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm uh, Matt's older uncle, uh, Uncle Don, Donnie, Marty D, whatever you want to call me. Don Wayne Gacy, I guess. So <laughs> first time joining, and I hope this turns out Did pretty you decent. Donnie D? Marty <laughs> D. <laughs> Marty D, that's my rap name, man. All right, all right, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, fellas! Okay, well, I'm really excited to have you guys on the pod. I think this is gonna be a lot of fun. Um, first things first. I mean, I like to ask this question: What do we? What are we drinking, fellas? What What do we got in our hands right now? I have the classic. Uh, Captain Morgan Cloudy. Nice choice. What about you, Don? Um, I'm uh, going uh, with a virgin drink. I'm just Diet Coke with some uh, grenadine in it. <laughs> nice. Okay, continue. I, I, I've listened to these podcasts, and Seth gets pretty incoherent, so I don't want to add to it. <laughs> yeah, we need a sober one. Worry about yo. Worry about yo. I, uh, and Mr. Matt? I know that's uh that's an entertaining value. I understand that, so <laughs> well I am drinking a I bought this four pack of pre made Jack Daniels and Coke and uh, I gotta say it's quite tasty, quite um quite delicious. You know, you and your aunt would get along very well because your aunt Jackie really likes them too. I was quite surprised. My aunt and I would get along very well. Yeah, for that that only only reason, right? Well, without a doubt. <laughs> well, awesome, guys. Okay, so I also want to ask you, is this the first time that you guys have ever seen or watched it? Don, I defer to you. You're the eldest. <laughs> I was waiting for Matt was going to direct us, so... Uh... Um, I, I actually watched it now twice this weekend and I, I was not fully f aware of the format. So I did watch this chapter set too. also. So I watched a lot of it over the weekend and, uh, I've seen it a few times prior. Gotcha. Seth. Um, the chapter one, I've probably seen about seven or eight times, but I honestly, Got done watching it again, like now five minutes before we went on the air. So, okay, I thought you hadn't seen this one, Seth, but you had. No, no, I have. I've seen it like five. It was on Netflix, and you know, we were doing horror, and you know, my clown affliction, so I just had to get over it. So, I've been scaring the shit out of myself with stuff, just as you know. Keep rolling. I hear you, dude. Uh, so, Seth, since we're kind of on that topic, like, 
what are your overall thoughts? Did you did you enjoy it? Did you think it was it was scary? Did you think it you know surpassed the original miniseries that they had in the nineties? Or what are your thoughts on that? Well, honestly, it would have been nice to watch it when it was dark with like the theater surround sound. I guess I didn't have that ability this weekend, but I I don't I enjoy it. I think it's scary as hell. It's got a good theme. It's got a good idea. And the fact that it goes into another series, you know, is pretty dang cool. Gotcha. How are you, Don? Um, I guess uh, it's nothing that really freaks me out too much. I've never been afraid of clowns, but I think everyone, no one likes a clown, so... Yeah. That element definitely adds to the creepiness for sure. <laughs> you had to throw the scared of clown things in there, didn't you, Don? Well, I, you know, first creepers. I'm not scared of clowns. They just disconcern me. If a if a clown's <laughs> around me, if there's a clown around me, I'm moving away. I'm not kidding. I, you know, I'm not going to stand by a clown. Who wants to? They're just all right. creepy. And we're all we're all on agreement. Unless it's Harley Quinn, right? Oh, fuck, that's a good-looking clown right there. I was going to say, that's how Seth kind of overcame a lot of his clown issues, is having his girlfriends dress up like Harley Quinn, so. <laughs> you know what? I really wish I could be somebody that could pull that off, because I'd be all in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. I'll even let you tattoo me. Not on the face, but a different movie. <laughs> um. You know, could I just add something, Matt? Absolutely. I was just reading through some of the, you know, about when the movie is made and came out. And it's funny, there was, there's like the organization of clowns did not like this movie because it put them in a bad light. Thinking well, it's going to scare. They had Don Wayne Gacy. You know, well, yeah. A little bit of a shadow on the whole clowning thing. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I guess they'll do anything to get attention. So, <laughs> holy shit, he is a serial killer. All right, move on there, man. I can't believe you said that live recorded. Well, we've said it live recorded before. <laughs> yeah, but I'm here now. That's that's not a smart thing to call out a serial killer. I kind of told Matt that, so you know, better <laughs> watch yourself. Matt, I'm prepared. Yeah, when you weren't near me, Seth, he threatened to, you know, take me out if I kept doing it. Mm, well, shit, huh? Mm-hmm. It was kind of freaky, but anyways, uh, this has probably been like the, yeah, like 10th time that I've seen this film, and um, I've always enjoyed it. I think it's a, a really good movie. I think that the storytelling is like second to none, just the character development. They flesh out all of the details and i think they are pretty pretty close to the to the source of um you know stephen king's novel on on it and i I used to be a big fan of the 90s miniseries and i remember that scaring the shit out of me like tim curry you know he was a more humanized type pennywise but that really scared me but yeah watching this you know you never like to see children in distress and that's basically this entire movie I, I, I enjoy it. I think it's a well-made film. Just re- com- uh, comparing the two shows, because there's quite a few different scenes, obviously. There are things they um, kept out of the, the new remake compared to the 
original and new stuff they put in that weren't in the original. I kind of wish I would read the book or I, that's what I need to do next is so I have a really good picture of it to have a better understanding of the whole story. I know I've always kind of been in that same boat too, where I'm like, I want to eventually read <clears throat> the book and I don't know. I just haven't gotten around to it. Isn't that, isn't that book like a thousand pages? I heard it's freaking ginormous. It's huge. <clears throat> well, that's why they had to make a mini series and this, they had to make two chapters. I mean, fellas, before we fully <laughs> dive in, before we fully dive into this film, I want to talk about any recently seen movies that's that are worth mentioning. Uh, Seth, you got anything? Uh, honestly, I really don't. I I really haven't been watching a lot of TV lately or movies or anything. Sir got back into reading a bit, and I don't know. I'll tell you what. Next time, I'll figure something out. Uh, no pressure. Um, Donnie, how about you? Um, I'm kind of the opposite. I wish I read as much as Seth does. I need to do more of that. But uh, Seth, you probably forgot already because it was so unremarkable. But we did watch kind of the remake of Children of the Corn last yes, weekend. Yes, I remember. And I, I, remember. I think I almost fell asleep a few times during it. I think um, you and Terry did. <laughs> I uh, actually was sad enough to stay up for the whole damn thing. <laughs> um, and I guess I've been kind of keeping up with the Walking Dead's new series that have come out. So I've watched some of those episodes. and uh, But as far as any horror stuff, that's besides it. It's not been a lot for a while. So. Gotcha. Yeah, probably the, really sorry, the last movie is probably that Evil Dead Rises, I think was the last kind of horror movie oh. I went to. Yeah, that, that one's really that one's really good. I, I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, I feel like for me, I haven't been watching a lot of... Oh yeah, actually no, that's a lie. I have watched a horror movie. I watched... Uh, Holly and I oh, watched right. The Menu on Wednesday night. I, I just watched that. I went down for a damn... Appointment in Bismarck, and while I was at Donnie's, I watched the menu. What'd you think? Actually, I had watched it with Donnie and Terry one time before. I watched mm -hmm. it again. I, I don't know. I think it's... Right away, I was like, oh, he's going to feed the people to the people. But, I mean, I thought it was pretty damn good, honestly. I didn't like it at all, honestly. I I really... What? Yeah, I really enjoyed the beginning of it, like the first like twenty to thirty minutes, like the build up and the suspense, and then like once it started to like get going, I'm like, I this isn't for me. I just didn't really like it. I just felt like they were just, I don't know, just trying. Well, there was a point. very big lack of any kind of antagonist other than the chef, and really if you were sitting there going to be killed with all of you presents why wouldn't you stand up i mean it's i don't know i understand that yeah so, yeah i mean i agree with matt <clears throat> i've only watched it the one time and yeah i think right away and i had to like kind of perceive notions of it going into it just with the trailers and looking at it a little bit but 
Yeah, it started out pretty good, but yeah, once they got into the meat of it, it's like it's getting a little predictable and yeah, not really major suspenseful uh, occurrences and so yeah, I don't think I'd ever really watch it again. Yeah, I won't either. Liars. <laughs> it's okay, Seth. You can be in the minority. Well, no, I'm not saying it's something I'd watch again, but it's like if you're sitting somewhere and you're like, what the hell? Just something to go to bed to? I put it on. Okay, fellas. I am going to get us going on the film here. So before we <laughs> dive fully in, was that, did somebody just fart? I don't no, know. I, I gave think that was Donnie. I, I gave a little woohoo. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're finally getting going. It's been a <laughs> it's been, it's been an adventure. Thirty some minutes passed, and <laughs> yeah. Hey, just think this could have been like seven forty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But okay, I'm gonna give a quick uh, spoiler-free synopsis here. So, uh, it uh, seven young outcasts in Derry, Maine, are about to face their worst nightmare an ancient shape shifting evil that emerges from the sewer every 27 years to prey on the town's children. Banding together over the course of one horrifying summer, the friends must overcome their own personal fears to battle the murderous, bloodthirsty clown known as Pennywise. Holy smokes, fellas! The dancing clown. The dancing clown. I forgot that he was a dancing clown. That's 100% correct. When he first said that in under the storm drain, I didn't quite catch what he had said. I, I thought, did he say funny clown? or I don't, so. No, he was always a dancing clown. No, I know. So, I want to talk about, like, this film was very successful. It had a budget of about... Um, 40 to 55 million dollars and it made 701.8 million dollars at the box office. I think it was wow. one of the most successful financial wise horror films in history. Horror genre. Yeah. It it just made a killing. I mean, that is it, wild. It held the rec- the opening weekend record 123 million. Yeah. And I can't remember. I think Deadpool for an R-rated movie. I think Deadpool, Deadpool finally overtook that, but yeah. Holy shit! Yeah, that's a lot of that's like that's like Marvel and like DC type box office. Oh, all sorts of people want to watch that. Horror is a it's it's a taste, you know. Yeah, taste for the uh, the elite, right? Am I right, guys? Yeah, yeah but uh, I don't I don't know if many horror genres in such a short time have made three quarters of a billion dollars so have they i mean mm, well not in not in a trilogy or one or two films. That's, yeah that's not a typical horror movie you know no i mean i i even think about the most recent halloween trilogy and i think that made a half half a billion over the the three movies and that's like amazing <laughs> and that's iconic yeah, and that, I think I think the Hollow Green, the 2018, that was the highest grossing slasher at, at a box office, and that was only shouldn't say only, but 200 something million, 250 million or something. Yes. So, yeah, this this was uh, it, it's crazy though because you know this 
this movie had been in development since 2009 and it switched to three, three different directors. They, until they finally landed on Andy Muschietti, who, um, Donnie, you might recognize the name. He just directed the flash. Oh, okay. And then he just signed on to direct the, the new Batman movie, Batman, the brave and the bold. So, you know, and that's what I like about your podcast is, I mean, I, you know, all that, I don't know actors and directors. I don't get that deep in. I wish I would do better at that, but I like that info. I waste so much of my life just researching this. (laughs) (laughs) So I always, I'm always told, called the movie guy at work and everything. And then I'm like, well, you should see my cut, my nephew that he blows me out of the water. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's just fun for me, but, um, yeah, I, I was, I was surprised. I was like, oh, was this kind of in development hell for a little bit? I mean, it changed hands so many times until it finally landed into Muschietti's hands. And I don't know, like if you're in in development for like eight years, it seems like there could be, you're just kind of set up for doom. And the fact that they completely shifted the odds and, just came out with a home run that's that's amazing to me well and i think i think bill skarsgård was like the fourth or fifth choice for pennywise they offered it to at least three other people before him yeah we'll get to him here when we go through some of the characters okay but um so i kind of want to go through some of like the themes that i noticed in in the film and obviously i'll let you guys chime in here but um you know this 10th time watching it through and really you know looking at it with a a detailed eye i feel like i feel like i noticed more of like in the beginning each of those of those kids were kind of being encountered by their greatest fears you know before the first kind of big encounter with pennywise the clown and so here's like some some stuff that the director kind of talked about. He talked about how it's it's kind of a story of the loss of innocence with the fear and the morality and the survivalist themes. Um, he Muschietti also kind of talked about how it's a film like a coming of age film and issues of morality. Um, I'm going to quote him real quick. And he said that being a kid is learning how to live and being an adult is learning how to die. Um, there's a bit of a metaphor of that and it just happens in a very brutal way of course so i i kind of agree and i think that's why like i look at this as like overall it is a horror film but it has that like 80s nostalgia and then also this came out right after stranger things so it kind of had that stranger things vibe so it's like i kind of looked at those two and it was looking at those kids and like you're cheering out you're cheering on those kids you're kind of watching them grow up and you're kind of like you're you're seeing them have to having to encounter very adult things so i i just think there's so many different elements in this movie that make it great donnie what do you think yeah i totally agree i mean it's a little nostalgic because that's kind of Sorry to date myself, but that kind of has been where when I was growing up is that same time. So, I, you know, a lot of their just daily life interactions, activities kind of all kind of touched home pretty close. And a lot of things that, you know, 
like you probably never got to experience like we did the arcades. I don't know. You probably had some arcade experience. I know you were a big Chuck E. Cheese guy, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Cause it was kind of at a time of my own growing up youth and things like that. So what about you, Seth? Yeah, I guess pretty much the same. I mean, we grew up where we had the activity center, and I mean, you can go and skate. You can go and play video games. You can go and, I mean, it was just a place for kids. And the arcade thing and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, that was a big part of the way we grew up, but... The, the thing about all of them, though, is it's just about every one of them has a sort of a thing, either from their family or just personally, that they're all sort of struggling with, which at that age and at that time, we all were. I mean, I mean, the one guy stutters, Billy stutters. I mean, Eddie's mom never leaves him alone. Mike, you know, he was work with pigs and stuff with his family. I mean, I mean, you can go on and on. The, the, I think the strongest character in this whole thing was Beverly. For sure. I, I think she was by far the strongest character and probably had that hard life that back in the day were, you know, things were different. And But yeah, it, I, it makes you remember youth. Makes you remember the way things used to be. I mean, going playing Pac-Man and, I mean, yeah. I'm glad you brought, like, that up. Like, something like, we'll get into the characters' backstories. But, yeah, it's almost like the, the true sense of fear while I'm watching sometimes wasn't even Pennywise related. You know, sometimes yeah. it was yeah. the home life. And mostly, like, for example, like, Beverly, like, that's gross and that's obviously disgusting and that's terrible and then also 100 with ben too like yeah. those, those bullies i mean good god like i mean he's probably better somebody off. actually cutting you like that i mean yeah come on in, in my mind i'm like you're better off getting you know cornered in a sewer by pennywise and eaten alive than you know having these goons you know Every and day of your every life, every day, just beating you and and cutting you and all this stuff. Like it was just terrible. But I, I think, I think in culmination, it is a story of love, friendship, and and maturing and facing yes your fears. I think that's like a good way to to describe this story having multiple elements. Yeah, can I? They 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 came together. They stood strong. They loved each other, and they, you know. Did what they had to do. Could I add something? Absolutely. Um, I think it too. It just, I think we kind of were fortunate. I think Matt, you were there too, where we had a great childhood where that's what we did. We were out on our bikes, out in the woods, making tree forts, doing whatever, you know, sometimes, you know, bolt kid, you know, older kids would kind of torment you. Not like in this movie. Boy, they really casted Henry well, but, um, but you know, nowadays kids aren't really given the freedom just to go ride their bike around town where they want, or you know, hardly even be outside. I mean, 
It's a little sad on what our current climate well, is now compared to back then. The difference is where I live. Here we can let our kids ride their bikes. I mean, because everybody watches out for the children around here, but I'm in a small town. But it's sort of like they're in because it's a small town, and you know it, Donnie, that, you know, in a small town, people talk. People have opinions. They got nothing better to do, which is sort of like what this town is like as well. But they they weren't watching out for the kids. They drove right by when... Ben was getting cut by Henry and they just ignored it. I mean, so there's something major going on in this town, which obviously we'll get into. It definitely felt yes. like the adults were absent throughout this entire. This entire I think film. they, I think the adults knew more and didn't want to mess with it. You know, but that, that's a good point that you made Donnie. Cause I, I think that's like a, a bit of social social commentary that we're, they were possibly trying to make, right? Where it's like, well, think about not even 30 years ago, our kids could, ha- they had all this freedom where they would meet with their friends in person. They would go out to the, the you know, the diner and the ice cream shop and the quarry. And, and, and may work. I make a point quick? Did you notice one, one, one second. One second. Okay, sorry. One second. And, and so these kids are able to do all these things and, and, and they re- felt relatively safe about it. But nowadays it's like kids aren't doing that. And kids are meeting remotely like we are right now. And uh, they're playing video games. And also um, it's not as safe as it, as it used to be just, I mean, that's just kind of the nature of um, the world. Now you can go ahead. Nasa. Well, even coming from a small town where you grew up and you were in your your whole life, it, there were things that weren't safe here as well. I mean, but we didn't have to grow up with those kind of things. I agree with Donnie. I mean, hell, we used to ride our bikes five miles to the dang fishing pond to go fishing on our bikes with our tackle boxes and shit and you know, just like them, we didn't have cliffs to jump off, but you know, we did that kind of stuff. It's a nostalgic thing, and and uh, Stranger Things is a big one that brings a lot of memories back to. That's they do a very good job because you brought that up earlier, and yeah, Stranger Things really brings that '80s nostalgia. Or Seth, do you think? I think you might have died if you tried jumping off a cliff when you were younger. Would you agree? No. You'd be able to clear? Dude. I I could jump off that cliff right now. Okay. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> Guaranteed. We'll have to test that theory someday, but not no. right now because we got to get into the characters, man. So I have a list of the main characters. I am going to go through them one by one. So I'm going to read off the little description about them. Okay. And then we'll kind of get into a discussion um, about that character. Okay. So let's first start with Jaden Lieberheer. 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 I'm probably butchering that last name as Bill Denbro. The leader of the group of kids known as the Losers Club who vows to get revenge on the monster with the help of his friends. 
Denbro losing his brother makes the battle against it a more personal crusade for him than any of the others. That and his stutter is what binds him to the group and transforms him into Big Bill, the leader. Uh, on the character of Denbro, Muschietti said, Bill is like a ghost in his own home. Nobody sees him because his parents can't get over Georgie's death, which is true because we only saw his dad in that one scene. Ty Simpkins, who is the kid from the Insidious movies, was considered for the role, but they later on went with uh, Jaden Liebeer here. I can't fucking say his name. Jaden. On the description of his character, uh, he remarked of Bill that he's a very strong He's very strong and never backs down. He does what he thinks is right and would do anything for people that he loves. Uh, he spoke of influences such as YouTube and Colin Firth's performance in the King's Speech and assisting him to develop Bill's stutter while researching and getting used to stuttering on certain words, certain syllables, certain letters, and sounds. That stutter sounded real. Am I right? Oh, absolutely. I thought this kid, I mean, uh, a spoiler alert, I think all the kids did a great job but especially bill i think he was a great character hey yeah i think he's just you know like you said he's the leader i think he's the conscience of the group um yeah i lost all my thought with this dumb thing so seth go ahead bud all right plus uh you know the movie does start out with him uh, he has a stutter, of course. He's very sickly at that point. No, We're not really told what is he had, but it's sort of where everything started from. Making the boat, giving it to his brother Georgie, and that started this tale. But he was brave. I mean, he was... I don't know. He just—he was a strong lead character, I think. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. And I think for him, like, there are a few pretty emotional parts, especially with his friends trying to be cognizant of how they worded um, the disappearance of his brother Georgie, where they would say he's gone or he's missing or he's dead, and he would always correct them. Like, no, he's missing, you know, to yeah, hold on and, to that hope. That and you were right as well, because the only time you ever see his parents is when they were sitting there and his dad was mad because he reconstructed the subway or the uh, sewer system. Yep. To put his, find out where his brother is. Yep. And the only time we saw the mother was uh, in the beginning when she was playing piano. Yep. Um, so it's almost like he's probably a lonely kid as well. Oh, 100%. Like, the rest of the movie, you just, like, he's kind of there just fending for himself. But then, then again, that kind of goes back to, like, I don't know. Like, I just feel like in the summertime when I was a kid, it was, like, your parents were at work and you just, like, you found your way. Once you kind of got to the age of 12 and 13, you were just, like, finding shit to do every day. And yeah. it's it's a lot more difficult of the situation for Bill because his brother is gone. And maybe he shouldn't be by himself, right? Yeah. Dealing with a very, very close, very hard loss. 
Absolutely. With no answers. Yeah. Um, with <laughs> what Seth said, do you hear me? I hope. Yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> so he, it came out that he was pretending he was sick. He wasn't sick. He just didn't want to go out. Didn't that come out later in the show? I think, well, that was, I think that's in the, the sequel. Oh, shoot. You Spoiler. Just that, you, Spoiler. You just that for a bunch of people. Just, yeah. We got if you haven't seen it by now, you ain't going to watch it anyway. Not everybody <laughs> spent 12 hours watching it this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think it's just major, major guilt. You know, I mean, it's just he has no support from his parents. And fortunately, he has a great group of kids, you know, friends. And that's what at least helps him somewhat cope. But it's still a constant burden. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's move on to our next character I have on the list. Jeremy Ray Taylor as Ben Hanscom. A shy, overweight boy with a crush on Beverly who relays the incidents of Derry's past to his friends. On the character of Hanscom, Muschietti spoke of him knowing spoke of him knowing a situation of despair on top of the terror of it, of it, the clown, and the fear of heights, and added Ben is bullied at school. So I think Ben is a great vehicle for exposition. Right, because he's he's talking about all the incidents of dairy. He's talking about the um, the the past of dairy, and I don't know. Like some people might th- might find it weird that there's a child that's giving off like all of this exposition, but I don't know. He he was kind of a loner, right? Like he was a new kid in school. There was a scene where he was in the library, and the librarian was even like, "What are you doing here? Don't, don't you have any friends? Shouldn't you go be outside playing with your friends? Why are you in here reading books?" And he's in there researching all this stuff. So, yeah, I mean, who wasn't a chubby kid? Probably not you, Matt, but I know Seth and I kind of were chubby kids growing up. Unfortunately, help there, fucker. I was worse than you. I'll guarantee that. And yeah, I mean that just draws extra, you know, scrutiny and and at least he was being, cre- you know, creative and constructive and you know just learning all kinds of things showed that he had a lot of a lot of skills, very intelligent kid. And, um, but it's sad to think how many kids there are like that. I mean, he represents a lot of them. Absolutely, and and also I forgot to mention. He's a huge New Kids on the Block fan. Oh, <laughs> let me! You stole my thunder. None of you had said it. He's <laughs> Kids on the Block fan. Even had posters. Seth, I thought that was awesome when she opened his door and it showed a poster, and she caught him. And yeah, exactly. but she didn't show the others. That again shows how Beverly, like you said, I think she's the. The strength of it, but we'll get into her. We'll talk about her. Uh, Seth, what are your thoughts yeah. on Ben? Well, I don't. You know, uh, probably the one that went through the well. Probably one of the top two that went through the worst kind of shit, and I mean, he was intelligent. 
he studied things. He, I mean, it was like having Indiana Jones with you damn near. I mean, he just, he knew the history and they were able to figure things out. And That's a bit of a stretch, I mean, man. Indiana Jones? Indiana Jones. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, come on. I think Come I, on. You can't different. diss one guy's opinion, man. I, uh, I, I was coming up with a name. I know okay. I know that you didn't mean, the, mean to say that. He was the Chubbs from the Goonies, all right? <laughs> that chunk? He, yeah, that's better. Yeah. Okay. I was just going to say the Losers and the Goonies are very similar. They are. Except the Goonies, to... yeah, the Goonies had girls. Never mind. Yeah, but they they also needed like but a like an I Asian would... an Asian boy who had like a bunch of inventions. But I would also <laughs> I would also put Ben as like maybe one of the first conspiracy theorists you've ever met. Yes, Back I was going to say the same thing. Over the wall, all sorts of things. He'd be like. Like a huge on the internet conspiracy theorist, bigger than shit. He kind of reminded me of that scene from Always Sunny with Charlie. Oh, which one? The one where he's like, he has that big board. Isn't he like high off like drugs or something? And <laughs> there's, I probably just explained every single. Once episode again, which one? I'm yeah. like, sure that's every episode. That's our... okay. Well, go ahead. Um, let's. Uh, I guess we should have like talked about um, the fear because I think that's like a huge component of of the character. So, um, I know we kind of we kind of lightly talked about it, maybe not directly about Bill and it's just the guilt that he has about his about his brother, and that's kind of the fear that manifested. But with with Ben, what exactly was? his fear again because he he had the encounter in the library and wasn't it like a headless man and like what exactly is his fear I, I would say it was probably just you're the kid in the library with no friends don't you have any friends he's gonna just be alone and when this thing came at him the headless thing and it was freaky too the way it walked and shit but uh, and then turned into Pennywise, of course. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think it was just sort of trying to reinforce that you have no friends, you're alone down here, you're alone, you got no one to help you stand up for you, you know. Yeah, what about what about you, Donnie? What do you think? I guess the thing I wish I'd have known is was he there the whole school year? I assume he was, but he must have been just terrorized the whole year and even the part when he's leaving on his bike with his little model thing and Beverly comes behind him and that freaks him. I mean, he's so jumpy as it is. I think anything is gonna scare him, really. I don't think there's uh, one yeah. thing. Headless person walking. Well, no, but I mean, that's where they conjured up was You hear me? Yep. So I don't know how much of that, but I said when he was looking in the book and it showed the kid's head in the tree, that yeah. probably 
what instigated the headless body coming at him. I think just anything scares him because, you know, he's been probably tormented all year. And at the time, it didn't seem like he really had any friends up until he meets them on that fateful day, I guess. That's uh, that's very true, actually, now that you say it. Okay, well, let's get into his, uh, his crush, his love interest. Sophia Lillis as Beverly. So Beverly is a flame-haired tomboy who fends off an abusive father at home while forming a strong bond with Ben. Beverly's losership wasn't defined by the fact that she was abused, but by her poverty. On the character of Marsh, Muschietti said, Beverly's case is, of course, the worst because it's about sexual abuse on a minor. Um, in an interview with Rolling Stone, Lilith spoke of Muschietti's not wanting not wanting herself and her co-star to spend too much time with Skarsgård because that was one thing too is that he kind of separated himself from the group of kids so they'd get a more candid reaction. Um, but her, her quote was, we actually weren't allowed to see him until our scenes because he wanted wanted the horror to be real. Um, so on the character of Marshalist, Lillis described her as kind of a tough person. She hides herself. She tries to hide her emotions and hide her feelings. She distances herself from everyone, but once she has this friend group, she doesn't want to let it go because this is the only friend group that she has had, and so she's a very strong character because of that. This this character, man, that was some of some of those scenes were kind of uh, tough to watch, and it was uh, it was just terrible. The the at home. Abuse that she was enduring, obviously at school. I mean, I think about like the whole, like the girl that was like yelling at her in the bathroom stall, and then like they dump a bag of like wet garbage on her. Like that is just the worst, honestly. It's just terrible. And then it just sucks because you know she's subjected to this sexual, um, this like predatory, predatory sexual uh, nature at home, and then she kind of like even when she gets into the pharmacy the pharmacist is the same way towards her it's really it's kind of but like after that well you gotta leave us something to talk about that what'd you say i said you gotta leave us something to talk about because yeah (laughs) covering about every base (laughs) (laughs) okay what are your thoughts i i just thought her life was disgusting i mean horrible I mean, one of them things you watch in a movie to get sort of the picture that you really just wish you'd never even have to watch. And the way when she first met the boys, like you were talking about, at the uh, pharmacy and that creepy fucking pharmacist and the way he was giving her, I mean, it was just disgusting. And it's, to me, I think, sad that a girl her age actually knew how to exploit them sort of things. You know what I mean? Yeah. She she knew how, I don't know, it was just disgusting, in my my opinion. Don Wayne? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree with everything Seth said. I mean... 
I'm just glad they didn't have the scenes go any further than they even did. And um, it just shows, I mean, it's kind of crazy how she has just a thick shell. I mean, how she talked back to that girl kicking the stall and what they did and still encounters Ben and is kind of very kind to him, seeing that he's, you know, shy and whatever. And she writes in his only one to write in his yearbook and and then you know she seemed to be a loner but sees these you know sees how these guys stand up for each other and decides she wants to try to become a part of their group and does and i think she really improves their overall dynamics so oh who's yeah big words now three degrees uh three degrees don't mean a bottle to pissing, but what? I said three right. degrees, but what's the next one, man? No, I, I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say, I do feel like uh, Beverly is like that final puzzle piece to the Losers Club. Um, a, a great addition and locks them all together. What's that? She sort of locks them all together. Yeah, no, I, yeah, absolutely, and I, I just think, yeah, that's a, a character. I don't want to give away, obviously, too much in for for the sequel, but um, like her story continues, obviously, and it's still kind of a um, a pretty a pretty sad outcome because I think it's also commentary on children who endure it, uh, abuse like that when they're younger, and how it can kind of lead into. Like they can't escape it when they get into their adulthood, right? With abusive men. So I'll just I'll just kind of leave it there. But her yeah. fear, her fear, right, with the, the whole bathroom scene and the blood and the and the hair coming out of the the sink and and trying to pull her in. Like, uh, what do you, what do you think the overall message was for that? Um, uh, that I don't know. I mean, partially, maybe I don't know. She just suddenly entered womanhood i'll say it that simply when she bought the <laughs> the product so i don't know if that's what the blood was all about uh with her cutting her hair off i mean that was her defiance to her father so i don't know if the hair coming back to get her um seth can attest to this i think when i the very first time i saw this scene in the movie i cannot stand hair going in or out of the mouth and i I start gagging. I can handle it now, but I still was like, oh, I can't handle that stuff. Damn. <laughs> All right. Death? I, I, I don't know how to, how to follow that. <laughs> it's okay. We, we can move on, but I just is that there's... is that too deep or is that kind of... I thought it was cool. I mean, they spared no offense on everything going up and blowing up everywhere and I was almost trying to bring her down and there and stuff but I mean I thought it was weird that only they could see it you know her dad walked in he's like what's wrong so, you know in a creepy way of course but he couldn't see anything he couldn't see any blood yeah that's weird true. that only the children are the ones that were really sort of prone to his powers that's true. Um, that's that's kind of a movie theme, though, too, because 
a lot of times it's either the you know the young that see whatever whatever either is you know angels or demons you know whereas adults get to a point where we don't see it anymore and don't understand when our kids tell us something so yeah exactly <laughs> what hey what the fuck's so funny over there what are you laughing about nobody not he has no kids <laughs> well, no no one's going to do it i just need something in my bedroom that's <laughs> <laughs> your man oh you're terrible <laughs> yeah my daughter always just tell me in the house she had a friend that lived there, and I'm like, "Oh, really? I can't be this friend." Oh, on that note, let's move on. <laughs> I mean, Matt, you didn't say. Did you think what I said about the blood was wrong, or no, no, <laughs> not at all. I mean, that's a. I, I know it went into a gross place, but. I think she also is responsible for, you know, cleaning the house. So I'm sure that freaked her out that, you know, the whole bathroom is coated in blood and her dad's going to punish her for it. And fortunately he can't see it. So. Right. No, I, I mean, I definitely think that's a valid uh, theory. I think that definitely could be it. I'm not a hundred percent sure what that, uh, what it means. I'm like, Seth, what? So that might be it. That might be it, and let's just leave it fucking there, okay, bud? I know it's not a good subject. I don't want to talk about it either. I just thought of it. So, uh, let's move on, and this might be the most popular and most well-known actor of them all, but Finn Wolfhard as Richie. Richie's probably, like, one of my favorite. He's just this little uh <laughs> witty asshole basically but uh he's the best friend of bill who's a loud mouth and foul language often get him in trouble and uh wolfhard shared the first image of the losers club on his instagram account with the photo captioned as the loser losers club takes toronto showing the cast of actors who will be playing the protagonist of the piece so um muschetti uh, was quoted saying, we don't know much about Richie's personality because he's the big mouth of the group, but we suppose he's also neglected at home and he's the clown of the band because he needs attention. I mean, obviously there's a huge revelation in the, in the second, uh, in the second film, but I think, uh, so Finn Wolfhard obviously plays, um, uh, is it Mike in, in Stranger Things? Yeah. Uh think so so he plays mike in the stranger things which like obviously exploded around this time and so he was very popular and i don't know i just i love i love his character just like the stuff that he says even like when it's not appropriate and sometimes it's not even that funny it's just like it it always just makes you think about like, you, like everybody has that one friend in their friend group that just like can't read a room always toes the line always crosses the line and is always kind of like, like, are you ever going to be serious? You know what I mean? Like, like, is this this guy have a switch that you know can ever turn off? But uh, what were your guys' thoughts on uh, on Richie? I'll, we'll start with Seth this time. 
Uh, I mean, he's one that you really don't get to get a lot of the backstory on. I mean, you don't know what his family life is like, really. I mean, he's a smartass. And that's sort of how he handles things. That's how he copes with stuff. Just right. being a smartass, you know? And, but like you said, everybody has a friend that was like that. And they only all loved him. And there are times you looked at him and you're like, shut the fuck up. Sound like the long, younger brother of yours, Seth? No. Well, well pro- yeah, it possibly worked, but <laughs> no. All right, Don Lee Gacy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I thought he's, yeah, he's a really interesting character. That's the interesting, you know, for the time. It's kind of interesting comparing it to the um, television series where here, you know, he's using the F-bombs and they're saying kind of nasty things about each other's moms. And, you know, it's a lot more, I guess, more 80s than the other one really was because i don't know when the first it was that back in like the early 80s when that came out uh that was like 90 1990 i think was it 90 okay but yeah it's just yeah like seth said i mean you don't know anything about his family parents home life um just guy doesn't have a wise crack that he can't put out there and kind of an interesting character to try to get to know as the movie goes. Yeah. And then, obviously, you know, the, the whole blow-up scene where he's like, I haven't experienced any of this stuff. I haven't seen no clown or anything. But then you find out that, that his fear is, or you know, clowns. And yeah. eventually, then, the projector screen scene happens, like, right after that. Because remember, he, he doesn't believe anybody. Yeah. So... And then, yeah, they're in the garage, and the whole the whole projector scene happens, and that's that them into holy shit. Mm-hmm. The way that like Pennywise looks on the projector screen in that, like, I don't know why, but every time I watch it, it just disturbs me when he's like biting his lip, basically, like a model. Yeah. That just like it just bothers me. I'm like, what the hell is so off putting? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Probably turned you guys on, not me. <laughs> Seth has gotten that far around with clowns. Now he gets a little excited. So, as we said, just Harley Quinn. <laughs> okay, let's move on to our next one here. Uh, we got Wyatt Olaf as Stanley Uris, the pragmatic son of a rabbi whose bar mitzvah studies are haunted by a ghoulish woman from a painting. Um, I feel like this character, like, I didn't really like this character from Losers Club. He's probably, like, my least favorite just because, like, he just seems so flat compared to everybody else. He's just... Seems like nothing but in the background. Yeah, he's a background character. He's, like, ultra sensitive he's kind of a wussy he doesn't really like you know he's always like well doesn't somebody need to like keep watch i'll just stay out here and keep watch like he he clearly doesn't want to be uh partaking in any of these activities and, and investigations so um 
what what do you think, Donnie? What do you think of uh, Stanley? Yeah, I think you know he's the one wallflower of the group where he doesn't yeah stand out. He's he gets a few little jabs in there occasionally, but for the most part, he's just a little bit just in the scenes with him. Uh, you know, in the original as well, it was the same way. He was kind. Of, I think he's just so. You know, I I. I don't want to bring faith too much into it, but I think because of that, he's just so docile with everything when he's going through for his bar mitzvah and his dad's telling him you're not studying, you're, you know, a lot of pressure on him to do it right. And I think he has a lot more responsibility on him than we realize. And I think it helps to be with the group, but he doesn't know how to really um, kind of, uh, extend himself just to show himself more than he does. Good way to put it. Seth Redomer. Um, Personally, I just, I don't know. I think he's just sort of the character gets lost in it all. I mean, he's really doesn't have much to do. I mean, he has his moments, but. I don't know. He's, to me, he's almost like a secondary character. Well, he was. Even sure. part of the group, it just seemed like he was a secondary character. You know, but too, I, you know, at first they all don't know right away that what's happened to each other, and it's the same thing, just of their own fears. So I think, you know, like you said, he doesn't want to go inside when they're at the uh, River Edge going into the drain pipe and him and Eddie stand outside. They don't want to go in, you know. I mean, yeah, he's with the group, but he doesn't want to complete, you know, expose himself completely to, to everything they do. So he's very uh, had, uh, hesitant. And if you had a picture that looked like that, Jason, you might probably wouldn't want to be a part of anything either. Yeah, no, that's I'd be like. Sorry, me boyos. <laughs> you know, I feel like, too, he got, like, the worst of it from his fears because when they're down in the fucking sewer system, that woman eventually catches him and she's, like, eating his face. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. She's full latched on. You know, <laughs> think about, you know, an older gal, like a teacher. No, okay, we're not going to go there. Anyway, fucked up. Come on. Come on. You are you are about to become unhinged. <laughs> I was about I was about to go unhinged. Yes. Yes. You're Two right. seconds away from singing hot 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 for teacher from Van Halen. Oh, without a doubt. Um even drop names. No. <laughs> no, we don't need that. We don't need that. I'm joking, you know. Buster that. Scruggs ain't. You know, part of the conversation. <laughs> but second pass gun the last. <laughs> <laughs> but do you do you guys remember what Stanley anyway. what Stanley said? Um when like after they got her off of his like face and uh he's like, You guys left me, you abandoned me, you're not my friends. I think that also kind of gives you a little insight into his character. Yeah. Insecurity and yeah, 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 yeah. 
All right, yeah. guys. I know this is a long list, but we're 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 coming towards the end here. So some so, of these we, we can uh, we can kind of uh, power through them. But we got chosen Jacobs as Mike Hamlin, a sweet, softly spoken black boy living on the outskirts of Derry on his grandfather's farm. Um, what were your thoughts on uh, good old Mike, Donnie? Um, you know, Mike's a little bit like Stanley. I mean, I think he stood out more, but he didn't stand out as much as I kind of expected he would. But he seemed like he just was, he's so much more mature, though, too. Obviously, what his tragic uh, history was, seemed like a very mature kid, too, and a lot of responsibility on him and things he was expected to do. And, um, but once he was in the group, which was kind of a little later in the the movie, but um, I think he just showed that he's a very um, self-made person and knows how to take care of himself as much as he needs to. So hard to say for sure the whole. Yeah, that's true. I think he's definitely he's dealt with that that tragedy at a young age and he kind of like he has some blame you know some some guilt for himself and um i think there are elements too that make his character unique with the racial tension i mean it's still the later 80s but obviously like he's it felt like he's like secluded himself from a lot of people and he's homeschooled and he's kind of done that on purpose because um like i i didn't i what's his name is it, is it henry bowers or yeah henry bowers and his crew like i like that it's not like direct and it's just kind of um oh uh, you, you can just kind of glean it from the the source source text but um there's definitely some like some racial um tension behind some of the stuff that they're doing but they don't have to be saying things they don't have to you know like spell it out for you so um I think it, it he had some good character development throughout the film. Seth, you got anything to say? Uh, you guys pretty much covered about everything. I mean, just, you know, yeah, he had, he had hard life. And, you know, he worked and was learning how to do the job at the his grandfather's farm. But, I mean, with everything else in life, like you said, the underlying... Uh, racial tension stuff with with uh, Henry and almost running him over and all the stuff. I mean, it was. I think it, I think it was a good thing that he ran into the friends he ran into when he did. Yeah, Derry is not very uh, diverse uh, town, is it? No. So I mean, you can understand his <laughs> caution and. Yeah. Or not. Okay. <laughs> let's uh let's move on to the next character, Jack Dylan Grazer as Eddie Crassbreak, a sickly boy who only feels truly well when he is with his friends. He's got a hypochondriac mother who basically tries to shelter him his entire life and uh I I, I like the banter between him and, and Richie throughout the film and I 
I think his his acting during that scene at the uh, abandoned house where he falls down, he breaks his arm, then Pennywise comes out and he's just he's absolutely terrified. You can tell, and that goes back to him saying where they separated Pennywise, the actor, from all the kid actors, and you could truly uh, sense the fear off the screen. Um, Seth, we'll start with you. What were your thoughts on Eddie? Yeah, I I I sort of saw. I thought the same thing. He a uh, helicopter mom, uh, lived a sheltered life, uh, uh, almost taught that you're sick and stuff like that. But when there were times he needed to be, I mean, he sort of stood up a lot. You know, if somebody had to say something, he said it, even with all that. And, I mean, and even... Even when he met the outside of the abandoned house, when he met the leper, I mean, and tell me that wasn't a fucking cool looking fucking leper. <laughs> I mean, I'd be fucking falling down too, you know. And I don't know. He he was a strong character. Seemed like all the way through too. Yeah, he was. That was a pretty disgusting encounter, um, Donnie. Yeah, no, I really, really like this actor. I like his characters. You know, he played, uh, oh, shoot, I can't think of his name, but he's in Shazam. He's Billy's best friend uh, yep. with the crutch. But, I mean, he just has a real, he's a, he's going to be an actor I think we'll see for a long time. Um, yeah, I like it how his banter with Richie, they are so good between each other and, um. Just kind of bring him back, Richie. I think you can tell Richie the more crap he gives you, I think the more he likes you. Yeah. So, but with Eddie, with his, you know, uh, hypochondriac, everything gray water and his mom and going to the drugstore and having to buy all of his inhaler and all the stuff and the girl telling him it's all placebos and he calls it gazebos. <laughs> yeah, and- gazebo. <laughs> I, I had to rewind and listen to it again. I go, did he say gazebo? <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. I had the subtitles on, and I said, yep, that's exa- that's what I would have said when I was a kid, too. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and, and I had read also about, you know, like you said, about them keeping Pennywise away from him till that scene when he broke his arm was his very first scene with Pennywise. Yep. And Bill, after the scene, Bill was concerned with how he reacted to him. And then the kid said, wow, that was a great, you know, that's how good an actor that kid is. He confused Bill thinking he actually scared the hell out of him. And he said, these kids are very, for their age, are extremely talented actors because they could really show that fear and whatnot. So, I mean, yeah, I think he's going to be a really well-known actor. YouTube did. No, I just went to the IMDb and read some of the just trivia on it, just so I had a little more insights. I, I actually appreciate that, Donnie. That's that's great. People are gonna love that. I didn't finish the movie five minutes before we were ready to record. Yeah. So. <laughs> Seth, Next <you're> right? question. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh let's move on to to the most disgusting uh character. And no, I'm not talking about Pennywise. I'm talking about Nicholas Hamilton as Henry fucking Bowers, a young sociopath 
who leads the Bowers gang and terrorizes the Losers Club. Um, I, wow, I were there actually bullies out, out in uh, or in real life, you know, out there terrorizing people like this in the eighties? Because like, I, I'm sorry, but if I ever found out a kid was doing something like this, I mean, I would, I, I'd have to punch him in the face. I mean, for real. Clearly, obviously, we get some backstory with his dad being the sheriff, or a de- I don't know if he was a sheriff, but at least a deputy. And uh, his home life isn't great. Um, he's uh, obviously some. There's some verbal and physical abuse. But uh, um, Donnie, we'll start with you this time around. What 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 are your thoughts on the Henry Bowers character? I'll tell you what. They really casted the, this oh, good kid for that part. I don't know the facial expressions of terrorizing these kids i mean he he creeped the heck out of me too um yeah i guess it's kind of interesting that's kind of how bullies are you know they're they're tough when they're over someone smaller than them but as soon as his dad came to him he's a little like he said a paper man and uh but it's just yeah i i never knew anyone quite that crazy i knew if there's someone like that you knew just to really steer clear of them and they didn't just drive around town looking for you at least in art town but i'm sure that's happened well i think i could probably you know talk about some of his experience being bullied like that so seth why don't you you have the floor (laughs) i don't say uh yeah they were dickheads that honestly did things that really could have hurt a person. Thank God no one did. Uh, but back when we were young, we called it hazing, you know. <laughs> Still called that. Well, you went into wrestling, you went into football, you went into anything. You were the freshman, you got hazed. I mean, and then there were always some that just took it so far that, you know. But, yeah. I never had anybody try to carve their initials in me. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit far, isn't it? Yeah, bullying can be. I, well, I think nowadays at least it's a lot different. It ain't physical. Now it's all online, which is cyberbullying. That's sad. Just as sad, you know? Yeah. Um, I had a question for you guys because uh, this always confused me, but was – was he somewhat like mesmerized or like hip or not mesmerized, but like hypnotized by like Pennywise to like kill his dad and like go off and track down the losers club? Like, is that kind of what happened? I would say personally that apparently what was going on between him and his dad wasn't good. I don't think he needed to be possessed. I think he just needed a nudge. Hmm. Donnie? Yeah, I think he was already a bad seed and uh, going after the kids. And then I think after he was put in his place by his dad, that's when didn't uh, he get his knife returned to him that he'd lost. So yeah, that's when I think Pennywise started kind of influencing him. I don't think he had to possess him at all. Like Seth said, you're just aiming the the knife for yourself and um, going back to what you guys said about, you know, uh, social media, that's the thing too, back in the eighties, we didn't have that. I like how they have the kids use walkie talkies, you know, to talk and, 
that's what we uh, that's all we had back then we didn't have cell phones and all this stuff and yeah the phone that was on the wall and it, the cord only went so far and your mother could listen to every damn thing you were talking about yeah that's what it was back then sounds like back a then fight. back then at lunch and dinner time all you'd hear is the, the mothers out on the steps Donnie Seth you know calling for us <laughs> that's how they get us or have our sisters come looking for us there wasn't no cell phone text. You call you here, get home. Well, we got the whistle that went off at ten o'clock, and we sort of knew <laughs> that whistle went off. Time to get your ass back home. You guys truly grew up in a primitive time. Yes, we did. <laughs> we had Atari. That's cool. Nintendo. Uh, All right, guys. We had. We're, we're, Sega. We're, we're at the finish line here. Two more characters. So <laughs> we got Jackson Robert Scott as Georgie, the innocent, energetic seven year old brother of Bill, whose death at the hands of Pennywise results in the next summer's events. Obviously, we don't get a bunch of screen time uh, with Georgie, but that opening scene is terrifying. And, like, I don't know, guys. Like, terrifying when- and classic. Well, the the whole thing with when he got his, I don't I, like seeing a little child like that. It, it was just so off putting for me because it's like he gets his arm bit off and then he's like trying to crawl away. You know what it reminded me of? And Donnie, you might uh, get this more than Seth. Uh, the scene from Jaws: The Revenge. Oh, in, oh, in the beginning. Yeah. yeah, where he's wearing the yellow raincoat and the fucking shark bites. Yeah. Bites him and he's freaking out, trying to swim. Yep, and it, but it's it's worse because it's a fucking seven year old. It's just like terrible. But and also another part towards the end where he's like, you know, Bill, what the hell is that that gun called to use to to euthanize the 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 sheep? Pigs. Oh, I thought it was no, they're sheep. What? Yeah, there might have been sheep and pigs, but when they showed it, it was on a sheep. Oh. What are those called? I don't know if it's just a pick gun or. So yeah, anyways, that's what when, they called it, but I'm when, not sure. Or a bolt when, gun. When he shoots, uh, when he shoots Georgie, but it's really Pennywise in disguise or whatever. Um, when when Georgie's like convulsing on the floor, that yeah. is fucked up. That really like, no. I, I feel like a lot of the scenes that fucked me up are like those those scenes with him. I want to add to this because I honestly thought he didn't get a lot of screen time, but every bit he was on was just so amazing, so spot on. I mean, from the scene with the boat going down to the arm being tore off to uh, Billy seeing him in the basement in the water and just, we all float, we all float, we all Mm -hmm. When he cha- I mean, you could tell that kid really, that, re- that kid really knew how to act because he did a damn good job, I thought. Yeah. Donnie? Yeah, I mean, that really brought me back to my childhood because I never made boats like that, but I would, you know, I was never out in the torrential rain like that seemed to be, but I'd always be like a stick, you know, kind of take a stick and kind of make it into like a boat. <laughs> 
and then just let it run down the, you know, along the gutter and then try to catch it before it goes down the drain pipe and then go back and do it again. And I mean, I remember doing that floating stuff and we used to do it down the river all the time. We'd make yeah. big, big chunks of wood. We'd make into boats and yeah, drop it in off the bridge and wonder where the hell will that thing end up? <laughs> I think when we put like notes on them sometimes, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, like help me. <laughs> <laughs> like, but I know I'm rich. Please find me. Because <laughs> I I can't remember. Sad to say, I can't remember in the TV series how they got how he got George. Didn't he just pull him down? He didn't. I think I think his arms extended and he pulled just, him down, but it was yeah. not near the effects. And I'm like, this but was still so that, violent. That's, yes, that's what this was. Really I think they yeah. had to cut a few things so they didn't have to be an N17, and but that was one they kept in. And I was like, and then seeing him struggle, trying to like Seth said, crawl away and. Although yep. I will say um, this, I'm looking forward to watching it, but number two to me has way more scare factors in it. Well, because they're adults, you got to get go big or go home, baby. Yeah, you I mean, say baby. But that, that's what I'm talking <laughs> about. That's what I'm talking about, guys, is the part where he's struggling and he's trying to crawl away. That Because yeah. when I was a kid, because obviously Donnie and Seth know that, like, Growing up, I watched all the Jaws movies like crazy. I was obsessed with them. But Jaws four, Jaws the Revenge, I remember I all I hated watching the opening scene because I felt so bad for that guy that gets his arm bit off and then he's like sitting there struggling in the water and trying to yellow swim. rain jacket. Yeah, and I'm just like, oh my god, that looks that just looks like torture. It looks terrible. Oh, oh you'd be freaking out too. I guarantee it. I I'm not saying that it would. <laughs> That's what I mean. It's like it's things that terrify you because put you in their put yourself in their shoes. Now it's been a long time since I've seen Jaws four, but now wasn't he like a, a harbor cop just like his dad and. Yeah, he went out and there's like some log, and then he went to lodge it, and that's when he got bit. But wasn't he still in the boat? And then the shark took the boat down with him. Or was he actually in the water? You mean like down, down to Funky Town? No, I. But so, he. I mean, either way, I think the boat got sung too. I think I remember. Right. I, I'd have to. I'd have to rewatch, and I don't want to get too too much into it. But yeah, we don't want to go into another. For what I remember, I th- I thought he was like clinging onto the buoy. He might have been. You might be right. I can't remember. Like the metal one. Yes. The yep. old school in the ocean metal buoy. Yeah. That's what I remember too. And what? he was like yelling for people. It was, it was just like, help, it was just help, terrible. Yeah. But mm-hmm. All right. All right, guys. If a right, shark just bit your arm off and <laughs> you're hanging on to a buoy. Yeah. We are at our <laughs> final fucking character. Yay. <laughs> Okay, it's Bill Skarsgård as It Pennywise the Dancing Clown, an ancient transdimensional evil that awakens every 27 years. Holy shit. This is a terrifying performance. Uh, Just a great on-screen presence by Bill Skarsgård. 
the funny thing is, is there was so like, like Donnie mentioned earlier that there's so many other actors in the running for this. Uh, Will Poulter, who plays, uh, oh, Adam Warlock in the most recent uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Mark Rylance, Ben Mendelsohn, Kirk Achveto, Achveto, I can't pronounce that name. Hugo Weaving and Tilda Swinton <laughs> were all considered. The Skarsgård got it. And actually, I've watched his audition tape. I did too, actually. Oh, jeez. Oh, before no, I watched this well before we're talking about it. Without makeup and his first time with sort of a little bit of makeup on him. Yeah. So what I'll have to say I have not seen it. I'll have to find that. Okay. So Donnie, what what were your thoughts? What are your overall thoughts on Bill Skargard's uh performance as Pennywise the Dancing Clown? Creepy as fuck. Can I say that? Absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, and I think with all the additions, that was some of the things he brought to it. I guess somehow he can make his eyes spread apart like that. He, now, I don't know if he did it that far, but he could do that. Yeah, he could do and it. Then, God damn, that was my point. He, and then he can also, I don't know, just how he could do the creepy smile, but they said... He could also be enticing the children, not just a creepy clown like some of the other actors that tried for it. So he was able to use that, you know, to first seem harmless and and then draw them in close enough to then bite their arm off. Oh, wow. Yeah, holy shit. Seth, what, what do you got to say? Yeah, I actually watched a thing on too that he can move his one eye out of, you know, like he does in the movie. I I think he had some sort of, I think he had a lazy eye or something, had surgery to fix it, but still was able to sort of move that way, I believe is what I remember. But, I mean, I remember just, too, also seeing him in his, you know, tryouts or things, and he was just creepy. He just had a weird smile. And he had a way of talking that just, I don't know. Yeah, he... Shit. He just had, no pun intended, he just sort of had that id factor for this. <laughs> oh, you little shit. What? <laughs> that came to me on the fly, too, there, brother. Uh, Yeah, I, I agree with everything that you guys are saying. I think that um, I can't imagine anybody else in this role, you know, kind of like the, like Tony's or Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. Like, I don't know. I just feel like anybody else. It. Yeah. Worked. You hear other guys playing the, the part and you're like, there's just no way that would have worked. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't know, like, I don't know if we want to have this debate or not, but like, what do you, like, who, who do you think is the more um, compelling Pennywise, the clown, Tim Curry's, or uh, Bill Skarsgård? Donnie? Pass it off to Seth. (laughs) (laughs) Did he cut out again? He must have. You know... (coughs) Pardon me. Yeah. You know, uh, that's so hard to say because... 
effects nowadays are so much different. I mean, even just the fact of acting in a horror series and being as serious as you can to make a character has changed so much over the years. It's really hard to compare the two. I, I guess that's all I can say. I mean... For no contest. I, can, I can you guys out. not I hear me? Or what? I bow out and I do not make a choice. Tell you honestly. Okay. Well, Donnie, I'll have you go then. Like, who do you... Can, can you hear me? I can hear you now. <laughs> um, you couldn't hear me when I started, I assume. Could not, no. Okay, well, I was going to say, I kind of think it's, like Seth said, and I said it too, it's hard. They're totally very different, but Curry, just how they could implement his facial, he did so much more facial expressions of his own. He has such a unique look, and I mean, guy's mouth is like the size of, it's just crazy how he can manipulate it like he does, so. They, I think the outfit and overall look for Bills was better, but Curry, just with the facial stuff he actually did himself. I think he had uh, less to work with and still made a very convincing, scary it. Oh, yeah. Scary Pennywise. For sure. And, and I now, think, Matt, what do you think? Well, what I think is I think I, I'm more terrified of uh, of uh, Tim Curry's uh, Pennywise the Clown. I think that's what scared me when I was younger, and I I just remember the the like the shower scene where he like came up through the drain. Like yeah. that shit's. I still have nightmares about shit like that to this day. Um. See, yeah, um, that's what scared me. That older type. And and I and I feel like he's. He looks a little more realistic. Like I would, I could actually like see that type of Pennywise clown standing in my fucking backyard in the middle of the night, rather than the Bill Skarsgård one. Um, but yeah. I'm not. I mean, they're both terrifying in their own right, you know. But you would expect somebody that's dressed up that looks like a real clown, rather than something that looks almost supernatural, for sure. But but I I feel the odds of of that if somebody were to do that in my backyard they probably look more like Tim Curry than the Pennywise and I don't know there's just something about like like you said Tim Curry's face that's just scary and all that makeup oh man he just did such a good job but that's what scared me of clowns is a show when I was young and. Uh, well, that's that's a big influence too. Is what our ages were when we saw the original compared to now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. how much horror stuff have you watched since then? So it's kind of to tough watch- to redo something. You want to watch something that's a horror film? Watch the original Willy Wonka and the Fucking Chocolate Factory. <laughs> that's the original fucking scarier than hell. Fucking like, what do they call it? Saw. Yeah, that dude, he knew everybody was going to go down. Uh, and that Oompa Loompas. Uh, <laughs> You're the I, only one who has a problem with it. Well, they scared the shit out of me because the only time they'd sing their song, 
I mean, something fucking bad just went down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. I mean, don't hear oompa oompa. You walk the fuck away. <laughs> nope. Weren't nope. there theories I, that they thought Wonka could have been either a pedophile or a serial killer? <laughs> what the fuck? Well, I was thinking maybe a killer, but. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's a theory, oh, man. It's creepy as fuck. And you know what? <laughs> more fucked up is Charlie's grandpa. As soon as he's got a ticket, motherfucker's been laying in bed for the last fucking year and a half. Ain't done a job. They done not just laying there getting soup given to him. And then as soon as he gets a gold ticket, he's out jumping around and spinning around the fucking rafters. It's like, <laughs> you motherfucker. You could have uh, been bread this whole time. You just explain modern day unemployment. Yeah, you pretty much. You motherfucker. Um, as he's like, I got a lobster tail, motherfucker. He's down there. <laughs> and I'm like, it only took like probably 80 hours of my work for what I pay for taxes to buy that fucking lobster tail for you. <laughs> Hope you you got to get this train back on track. I, I know. I'm, I'm like letting, I'm, I'm letting the, the gas you let me, You let me vent? <laughs> He's like, I got the mute button on. I fucking <laughs> wish I had that feature on this app, but I don't. So that is the last uh, the last character to cover here. So let's move on to the next section. We just we discussed so much right there, so much good stuff. And by talking about the characters and the actors, we also talked about a lot of the pivotal scenes, which I'm, yes. I'm happy about. So let's kind of talk about the the cinematography, and I think it's really important in this film because obviously it's set in the '80s. And I've seen a lot of films that have been set back in the 70s and 80s that look amazing and a lot that look pretty bad. And if you're going to set a film back in time, that's the one thing that you got to get right. And I think that they did a great job. And just by doing some research, um, you know, they, they talked about, uh, you know, initially actually using the 1980s lighting rules and gear but uh, they eventually just kind of like went with Muschietti's uh, just natural look and, and editing process to to give it that that uh, that 80s look and feel. Did you guys think that they nailed it? Yeah, I really uh, think they did with everything, even, you know, downtown, you know, all the, the businesses, some closed up, some the movie theater. That was always a big thing, you know, the old style movie theaters and you know surrounded by woods i mean i think it did you know like i said it really brought me back to a lot of my childhood and that's when i grew up was in the 80s mostly yeah you're old as hell all right seth yeah he is old as hell and he also lies he grew up in like the 50s i'm the much 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 younger brother but (laughs) anyway (laughs) I guess I grew up in the 80s as well. 
I grew up in the eighties. Well, yeah, there was a lot of, I mean, call it nostalgia. Just things you don't see, like like Donnie's talking about things you don't see that we grew up with. There were stable everywhere. I mean, to town, to the way the cars. To I mean, it was just the milkman. <laughs> Well, that's on my dad. That's cold. Creep, creepy pharmacist. <laughs> <laughs> All sorts of... Yeah, they pretty much nailed it down to a T. <laughs> um, but, but, uh, but no, yeah. I mean, as, as far as a small town feel, they really, really, they really, really did a good job. And uh, what'd you guys think about like some of like the soundtrack or just like the the background music that they use? I thought it was really good at building um, suspense. And uh, obviously, I thought it was pretty funny when they would throw in the new kids on the block type stuff with Ben. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. But do you guys find that stuff uh, convincing, Donnie? Yeah, I think so. I think they did well just like you know we've mentioned stranger things kind of the came out the same time they do they both do a good job of you know i mean the 80s they're good things but some of the fashion was kind of (laughs) scary we didn't see a lot of that though because we didn't really get a lot of adult interactions mostly just the kids so don wear uh leg warmers they were fashionable back then at least I didn't wear a leotard like you, yeah. Well, uh, hey, I was talented in it, damn it. Yeah. Nothing, wrong with, nothing wrong with a leotard. <laughs> um, so, what do you guys think about, like, the special and practical effects? Um, I mean, obviously, with the makeup on, Pennywise was great. Some of the CGI, eh, I kind of, I'm, I'm okay with, with most of it. I'm thinking about, like, the lady that went after Stanley. Um, the the leper almost looked like he was half CGI, half practical. But, I mean, overall, I, I thought don't know. it was really good. Overall, I thought it was fucking amazing. I mean, just me watching it. I mean, to me, I, I mean, I watch a movie and I enjoy what it is. So I don't really watch to see how real things look, per se. Oh, but I mean, like, like the leper, I thought it was cool the way they laid it out. The way it was, one leg just wasted away, one all big, and the way it walked. I, I, I just thought it worked for the movie. I thought, I thought all the CGI and all the special effects was amazing in this movie. Uh, Don Wayne Gacy. Yeah, I mean, you don't want it too perfect. I mean, these are this is kids' imagination, so they're going to be a little distorted. And, you know, they don't, you know, at that time, we didn't see a lot of these type of shows. So, our, you know, you didn't know exactly what a leopard looks like or, you know, what's a, you know, creepy woman. You see her picture and it just... A lot of it's just the kids' imagination, so they kind of distorted it that way. That's a good point. That's a very good point. 
And that brings us back to the fact that fear is what Pennywise feeds on. Yep. Yes, he does feed on a person eventually, but it is the emotion of fear, the adrenaline, whatever it is that he enjoys. Fear is the biggest driver of the whole thing. Fear is honestly probably the largest horror element in the film. No? Yes. Um, Three. Did you guys think that there were a lot of jump scares? Like, I, I for some reason, I watched it today and I can't even like remember if there was a ton. <laughs> I mean, I watched it for like the seventh time or something tonight. Uh, I can't tell you the first time. I don't know if it, I didn't have anything, but seen it before okay um donnie yeah no not a lot of real jump scares um kind of more just the kid's reaction was more of the jump scare than something coming at you i mean a few things like the woman coming out from the dark you know towards stanley i mean once you see her that's a little but it's not enough to you know get you i guess but Again, this wasn't the first time. Hard to remember the first time. Maybe they got you a little better because you didn't know or expect it. So, Right. And so what did you guys think about, like, the overall tension and suspense and, I guess, like, some of the gore? Do you think that it was pretty top-notch? Yeah. Uh, John? (laughs) Well, as far as gore, I think the goriest thing was Georgie getting his arm bit off from... And when Stanley's having his face sucked, um, you know, I mean, I guess those were the biggest gory things. Um, Aside from just, again, the characters we were talking about, these leper and whatnot. um, I don't know. I think it... The thing was more is that, you know, it's like a lot of shows, you're just more feeding... We're feeding off these kids' fear. And... Being that we've seen a lot of stuff, we're like, what are you doing? Don't do that. We're starting to tell them not to do what they're doing, you know? And right. so it's kind of interesting. You do get vested in these characters and start saying, don't do that. I don't want you to die. Or, but, you know, yeah. Spe- and speaking of that, speaking of that, I want you guys to come up with your top three scenes from this movie. I want to talk about the key scenes. I want... I am Marco. I just have to go look at my notes and figure out what three stand out to me the most. Okay. Do you have yours, Donnie? (laughs) I guess I'm just kind of going off the top of my head. Go ahead. Yeah, that's fine. You want three of them? I want, like, like, try to pick one from, like, the beginning the middle, like, climax type, and the end. Okay. Well, I know it's right. I mean, obviously, the the easiest one is Georgie's death. Yep. That's the very first thing that gets, you know, gets us to realize how dangerous this thing is, and um, it's always tough, especially a young, young child, to see something like that happen. That is just... Okay. Yeah, really, very horrifying. Your next, so. 
That's your first. What's your next two? Oh, I thought we were all going to go and then do our next one. Or So the middle. Oh, that's up to Matt, I guess. I don't know. Go ahead, Donnie. <laughs> so what in the middle really stood out to me? I don't. I guess it's not super male. It's just when, when the kids finally all came together at the stream in the rock fight with the bullies, where they stood up to help Mike, and that's how they kind of cemented their seven seven group, seven in a group or whatever. They all stood up for each other and were able to fight back the bullies at least that moment. So. Oh, yeah, that was a good-ass scene, eh? And then the final? Yeah. Oh. That's a tough one. I know. I shouldn't have watched Chapter 2 because I'm getting all that kind of infused (laughs) in it, too. So. (laughs) Uh. Let me guess. It's when Ben kissed... uh... Beverly when she was floating. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one, but I think actually when Ben came up behind Pennywise and stabbed him in the back, I mean, of all of them, he seems to be kind of the weakest. Maybe not between him and Eddie, but um, I think he really showed, developed his courage Especially in that moment. Yeah. So that's a that's a that's a good point. Seth, did you find your notes? <laughs> I am I am looking at some were, of them. Were they my, behind the ice? <laughs> I have my first. And it is the first appearance of the red balloon. Of the what? Of the red balloon. <laughs> Say that one more time. Of the red fucking balloon. <laughs> oh, oh, nope, that's fine. All right. Nice so, call. Night. Night is guys. Sit back and try to be creepy Uncle Seth. <laughs> <laughs> so, number <laughs> the first balloon, huh? The first time they had the red balloon. When was that? Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember. Now was I'm that in the car? Was that in the car when they were picking on, were cutting? Let me dead? get to my notes, damn it. I thought you oh. already had them. <laughs> I already I am on them. <laughs> it's like, it's not even legible, I bet. <laughs> oh. That's what the first time the balloon was seen was in the library. And that's when Ben went down seeing the headless person and it turns into Pennywise. That's the first time the red balloon was seen. The second time, God dang it, I got to go through my notes some more, you assholes. Can I say something real quick while you're looking? Yeah, well, what was... say something real quick. <laughs> well, no, but what what was the story why he called him in that scene, hey, egg boy? Because there is something about an egg hunt in the book, you know, the book he is reading about the, the mask here and stuff. But then 
Pennywise, when he's going after him, chasing him, he says, come here, egg boy. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was like, why is he calling him egg boy? Did you, say, did you see the shape of that boy's head? <laughs> that that's more pumpkin egg. than egg shaped. That's a joke, damn it. <laughs> so, Seth, are your top three scenes of just like the first, second, and third balloon? <laughs> no, they're not. Well, you don't don't Honestly, try to find the second. Ninety nine left balloons. Let me go. Let me let me go. <laughs> My second favorite scene, honestly, y'all sort of downplayed it, but it was with uh, what's his name? I look at my notes here. Uh, Stanley, with the picture that came out of him. Uh. That was probably the second scariest thing I seen. I thought of this whole movie. Hmm? Yeah, that was dude, freaky. Dude, could you imagine your picture coming out of you? That's fucked up. Especially looking like that. Well, that would not be hot for you. Man, I'll tell you what, if it was the Mona Lisa, Donnie'd be like, I'm never leaving home again. Stay right here. It's like, what kind of rabbi keeps that picture in his damn office? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Just it look it looks like a fucking it looks like a fucking Van Gogh. Oh, isn't it Picasso that's all weird? Well, there's a couple Picasso was weird as well. I'm not a painting person, so I can't gonna act like I They were both on LSD when they painted anyway. Creepy fucking looking woman. It looks like the chicks you're into, Seth. I'm gonna get you. What's that? So it looks like the type of chicks you're into, Seth. No. She's got a big mouth, Seth. You'd probably like that. What the fuck? No, <laughs> Seth looks for a nice person with a job like me that just wants to. Yeah. Why? Go have vacations and do Where fun. are you going to find someone that works in tombstones? <laughs> yeah. Said so a job like me. Well, that's. I said a job. Like well, me. I'm sorry. I didn't say coma in between there, Donnie. Apologize. <laughs> a job like me, comma. <laughs> that way she has a fucking job as well. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Are we on number two or number three now? I'm on number three. Oh, you fucking assholes! <laughs> this hey, better not be the forty fucking club all over again. I'll come he gets again. more violent as the podcast goes, doesn't he? Well, yeah. When I need to, I do. <laughs> okay, what's your thirteen? <sighs> I would think probably I I do I do think the CGI was really good in this. I think it was more when they were in the house and they're battling. That's probably what I the other one I liked. Okay, um, those are 
a good group of three. Good trilogy for you there. Shortly under 30 minutes. Yeah. Can um, I can I say one other thing quick? Uh, or wait, I'll wait, Matt. You go first. You go first. Okay, I'll go. Oh, now you defer. I'll go through mine really fast since that took a half an hour. Um, <laughs> give me a fucking break. It did not. Uh, I, I would say that um, my favorite uh, scene, like in the beginning, was when Eddie encounters the leper. That was like pretty terrifying and then he sees Pennywise with the a bunch of, a bunch of balloons and I just like the way that Bill Scars guard like moves his eyes and he goes we all float down here like he just like just the, the the cadence of how he says it is really creepy um and then my second favorite is probably like what I would consider the um honestly like the middle point of the film like, where the entire losers club uh, goes to that abandoned house and they're like go opening all these doors and going into these rooms and then when Eddie breaks his arm and then Bev like stabs Pennywise through the head and then he like slithers back into the well and that's how they find out where to where to hunt him down and then um, I mean this is probably like a cop out answer but I feel like the ending battle was my third favorite um, towards the end of the movie where uh, they're they're just basically like, yeah, he feeds on fear. We're not we're not afraid of him anymore. And they like beat the living shit out of him. And then like they back him into the well, and then he just like they like you know he he uh, is about to swing the bat. And he like flinches back into the into the well. Those are my top three. Yeah, I like those. Donnie, what were you gonna say? Well, I didn't want to take it away from you in case you said it. you know when. They encountered the doors, the three doors. One says, most fear, fear, and not scary at all, or whatever they said. And it's like, who wouldn't go for the not scary at all? I mean, it's obvious. And why would you go in that door? (laughs) Because it's going to be the worst. I know, right? But, I mean, what was really so good is how they would just be together, and all of a sudden, any one of them, they'd hear their name just whispered and they're separated immediately from everyone else. Well, that's one thing that... You know, and like I, Stanley, how Stanley got attacked, you know, he just wandered off. It wasn't their fault. He just wandered off, so... That's yeah. one thing that I thought Pennywise almost was sort of part of who he was. It's like he could separate you. You go in, you're a, you're a group. And for some reason, you find ways that you lose your way or walk away from your friends and finds a way to separate you, isolate you. It's part and of the strategy. That's, yeah. that's rule number one in every horror movie. Don't go off on your own. Don't split up. Yeah. Well, fellas, I that's mean... horror 101, baby. Fellas, that's actually, you know, I'm glad we went through our top three scenes because if I think every single one of us had different scenes, which is pretty cool. I mean, that that just shows how great of a film it is. Um, oh, a very good job. So r- before we get into the final slate of the, of the episode here, you know, I kind of want to talk about some comparisons and uh, influences. So, like... 
what other horror films would you compare this to in the genre? Like, do you think there really is anything? I mean, it doesn't have to be just modern day. It could be like films from the seventies or eighties. Like Donnie, any could that come to your mind? Uh, there were a few like that first scene of Mike when he's in the alleyway hiding from the bullies and all of a sudden the, the door is like hand, the hands come out and I totally forgot about the fire right away. I'm thinking of the first episode of walking dead where Rick sees this door and it's being pushed by hands trying to come out at him, you know, and it's like, don't open that. So that came to my mind right away when I saw that. And then I forgot, Oh yeah, they were burning. Couldn't uh, couldn't get out, so mm. so that kind of brought me to the Walking Dead. I think there's a lot of show movies and TV shows that are influenced by this book, and I don't want. I'll give you guys chances. I don't want to take some that you might have. So whoever wants to go next, Seth Rotol or Seth no. Dahmer. Matt, you go next, bud. He's got to look at his notes. Oh, you're looking at your notes? <laughs> no, I'm just thinking. He's got about word. six pages, so. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Matt, go ahead, bud. Um, um, I mean, I I think the, the obvious one that we kind of talked about was uh, Stranger Things. I think Stranger Things had a huge influence on, on this movie, um, just with being set in the 80s and following a group of kids that are kind of taking on this, you know, supernatural, powerful being um, without the help of um, adults. And uh, I don't know. I it's, it's, it's weird because I feel like with like throwing COVID, you know, only three years later um, into the mix, I, I, I just felt like these movies, like, chapter one and chapter two came and went so fast like i can't even believe it's only been you know like six years since this came out like that that if this movie feels 20 years old to me yeah yeah you know what i mean i just so a a part of it is it's kind of odd what's your one scene what's that what's your one scene that influenced by stranger things what's one that stands out Oh, I mean, just like riding bikes uh, around town. I mean, that's like in all of the Stranger Things episodes, basically. Like when they're all meeting up at like the house or, you know, like the quarry. Like, I mean, basically the whole entire movie, if you think about it, like it's all happening in Stranger Things. And then like the ending, you know, where they're they're battling the monster. Like, right? Yeah. My, uh, my scene that really sort of goes back to movie history is the blood of the of the sink. It's so sort of reminiscent of uh Freddy Krueger, Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, the and Glenn. Big huge blood blowout. Johnny oh, Depp. They it's it's almost to me almost like a sort of a shout back in a way. Homage. An homage. No, yeah, that's an excellent point. Yeah, that's, yeah. I was actually trying to, like, wrap my head around that, where I'm like, God, is that? Because at first, um, I thought maybe that was, like, something with the uh, the Shining, with, like, the elevators and all the blood. Well, and that's, now... yeah, it goes to 
through so many shows, The Shining. I mean, when the elevators open, it's just that. I don't know. Blood and stuff. I mean, it's it's all been redone, redefined, done enough ways. Mm. There's so many shows. But well, I, I, they really sort of nailed it the way they did it. Well, secondly, I don't remember which fri- or which uh, nightmare. Was it the Dream Warriors when the guy is up in the bell tower and the strings are in his wrists and Yep. It's a little bit like with the hair grabbing her, you know, kind of trying to control Polar. I mean, that's a little bit too similar to the Nightmare. Not a, more of a stretch than obviously the blood gushing, but. Yeah, no, that's that, that's a good point. I think there are a lot of just like crossovers and similarities. And um, I, I just thought of this one right now. Uh, this movie reminds me, and it's funny because it's also a Stephen King book and movie adaptation but yeah also kind of reminds me of stand by me yeah stand by me with uh get off the train tracks and everything else yeah that's that's an old one but it wasn't a horror film they were just going to see a dead body i know but just like the camaraderie among like the friend group and like they had bullies yeah and the bullies were trying to track them down and like it just it kind of gave me some of those same um, vibes as us young folks would say. Well, what uh, what about uh, the outsiders? Not really. There weren't any socias or. Um... <laughs> well, no, yeah. I'm just saying it's the cool kids versus the kids that never really, you know, they can't do much. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is, but I think. I think the thing, just kind of going back to what I was talking about with this movie feeling like, uh, you know, it came out so long ago, which really is not the case. It's been six years. Um, You know, a year after this movie came out, 2018, you had the new Halloween movie that came out and that took, you know, theaters by storm, by storm and everybody in the industry thought that there was going to be this new wave of slasher because slasher was dead and they thought that that was going to come back and then COVID happened and that kind of like slasher is coming back. But at the same time, like, you know, the sequel came out a year after that was for, for it was super successful. And then there was just like this drop off. And I just felt like, um, as far as influences go, I can't really even think of a film right now that's come out in the last two years that it's influenced. Can you guys? Horror-wise? I don't know if I can. Tom Cruise, The Mummy? (laughs) That was before, I'm pretty sure. No, I know. That's not even in the discussion. Well, let's make the next horror movie. Come on, Matt. Make it happen. You want me to make it? Yeah, we'll all we'll pitch in. We only need, like, what, two mil? You know, uh, another thing that I noticed was a lot of movies do this, and I don't know if, you know, the, the original, you know, the TV series had as much of it, but how much, you know, it's kind of dreary colors, and the only real major color is red. 
red balloons. Pennywise is just red dripping lips, you know, just stuff like that. You know, I mean, Beverly being a redhead, yep. you know, I mean, it kind of, you know, like I, you know, what's, uh, I see dead people. Oh, what's that? Sense. Sixth sense. You know, that was the big thing was all the red was symbolism, and you know, red. even in the village, red was the bad color. And I mean, I think, you know, Probably just the red balloon alone has influenced a lot of other symbolism with that same color. Very, very insightful, Donnie. Thank you. Look at the big brain on Don. <laughs> well, he had a good point. That's well, what happens when you only drink I, Diet I, Coke I with grenadine. <laughs> Seth, you got to come back to that or what? Well, I think he heard me. Oh. What'd you say? All right. Okay, guys, let's move into our final thoughts. So I want you to um to go first and then I'll go. I'll have I'll actually have Donnie go first, but just uh Oh, Didn't I'll... I go first on the three things? Seth should go first. Fine. Fine. Nope, I don't no, care. First. I don't want to. <laughs> Fucking A. Fine. No. Uh, Donnie, you're going first. Just bite the bullet okay. and go first. Uh, so just kind of summarize your thoughts on the film and give a rating and whether or not you recommend. Oh, I mean, yeah, definitely. I would encourage anyone to watch it. I mean... I think it, I mean, it brings everyone back. I think they're, they're, you know, childhood, you know, we all had childhood fears. I always hated when my door, my bedroom door was just slightly cracked open because I always felt like someone was looking through the door, you know, looking in from the outside and hey, who doesn't, who, huh? yeah, <laughs> who, who, who didn't, you know, once in a while look under their, their bed, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's our whole thing as kids is, you know, everything kind of scares you or you just, your imagination can just take, take hold. And that's what this is about. I mean, each of them have a different fear and they would be isolated and it would be utilized to get them as scared as they could. And once they could conquer that, they, uh, they were able to overcome the evil. So I, I guess I would give this, I'd have to say, I'd have to give it a nine. Nine red balloons out of ten. If we're are we rating it like that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I could ever give anything a true ten. Come on, Halloween, the original. That's probably you want me to score it already. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying that that would be like a ten for me. Yeah. Like if, I, if I were to give a scale, it'd be like hollow. The original Halloween would be a ten, and a one would be like fucking like fever lake. Terrifier. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, or no, be in the middle. No, what was the one you guys watched? Like the axe or edge of the axe? That edge of the axe. That would be a one. Or society. I think I've seen Eddie when you guys Society's talked about actually it. Actually, a good film. Never mind. So you give this nine out of ten red balloons. Yeah. And would and you'd recommend it to people? Oh, big time! Yep. Okay. Like Seth said, I think it's best watching it at night in the dark. With the jammies on? Yeah. Okay. 
Well, uh, Seth Redomer, you're next. Uh, yeah, he's already got me figured out. I'd say a nine. A nine? And you'd recommend to people? Absolutely. Yeah, I uh, I feel like uh, this is a really great remake, I guess, of the um, original miniseries and of the novel. And, you know, uh, the director and some of the producers talked about how they wanted to be, you know, as accurate as possible um, to the book. And they talked to Stephen King to get his, uh, you know, obviously his approval and... Um, advice on 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 how to flesh out these characters and the town of, of Derry itself so um i thought they did a great job i think it's a great lead-in to the um the sequel and i just remember this being a really fun time in uh the horror genre towards the late uh 2010s where um we actually had something to look forward to for you know three years with you know this one coming out and the sequel and some of the other stuff so you know this almost felt like a little bit of a launch pad for um some of the newer age horror films that came out after it um i would probably give it a eh, i'd probably give it an eight out of ten red balloons um i really enjoyed it and i would recommend it to anyone who is a fan of horror films I just wanted to um I wanted to thank you guys for for joining me on this episode. This was a this was a lot of fun. Um this was a a really cool film to cover. Obviously, this is uh interesting because this is one that Seth and I have talked about covering since he started on the pod. Um Seth, uh do you, is this how you imagined the episode would go? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, not really, but but it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a good time at least? <laughs> uh, Seth's all good. It sounds like it. Seth's always having a good time. Yeah. Oh. Well, good. Yeah, I feel like this is a long time coming for us to want to want to do this one. I'm glad that uh, <clears throat> Donnie, you were able to uh, to join us. What what? I think the listeners would be um, interested to hear your um, perspective on being on mic. And, uh, you know, the, Donnie's a, an avid listener of uh, the film room. So what, what's it like to be on mic and in the uh, episode rather than listening to it? Well, I, I number one, I really appreciate you uh, allowing me to join you. I know some of your earlier podcasts, you kind of weren't too happy about what you thought was my involvement in your podcast and but we've talked about it so i'm really happy that i was able to get a get to be well we discussed it you thought i just ignored you but i just didn't happen to get back to you (laughs) because Um, well that could be i'm busy guy but no i mean to to be my first one hopefully not my last I'm, I appreciate it. it's me, you, and Seth, you know, doing this, and uh, especially doing one I know is not an easy uh, topic for Seth. So, I mean, I think he did an ex- excellent job, and it's nice to hear he says he's starting to get more enjoyment out of the horror jo- genre again, and I've always enjoyed 
that as well. Ever since we were kids, you know, we were always into those Jaws, Friday the 13th, Freddy, all the stuff. So it's good stuff. There's so much out there, I know, and it's so little time. Yeah, honestly, it would be great to to have you. I thought you did a great job, and I think it'd be fun to have you on um, for f- some future episodes. I, you know, I feel like this was a great episode. Retainer. Mm, yeah, I'm what? I'm I'm losing money on this thing. So retainer. <laughs> What's that from, buddy? I have no idea. Goodwill Hunting. Oh. Retainer. It's not your fault. No, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. Um, but I I know that like the this it movie had a lot of uh, it felt like it was very serious at times, and uh, I think it'd be fun to do just like a fucking wacky, just dumb one. Maybe not to the the extent of like Edge of the Axe, but um, I think it'd be fun to do Terrifier two with you guys. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you chuckleheads. Uh, like, I don't anything. It's no big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right, I, let's do it, motherfuckers. I don't know. I've been on the fence of no, watching I'm that. I'm just... fucking rent it. I want to get it. I want to watch it. What All pisses right. me off... Is I hope I'm a part of it, but I rented it chapter two, and then we weren't covering it. And I'm like, shit, if we do it again, I'll have to rent it again. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that honestly would make the most sense to have you on for the second one. But, dude, we that's five hours worth of film that we have to break down. and like. No, uh, no, I know. And, and, and when I was watching it, I'm like, shit, this is way too much to yeah, cover. Right? So. <laughs> I was just in that mode. Uh, It wanted to do it. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. We're we're just doing the first one, right? (laughs) We're not doing them both. Yeah. So um, when we eventually tackle that one, definitely have you on for that. So um, excellent. Yeah. So awesome, guys. Yeah. Let's let's plan to have. I mean, shit, Donnie, you and I can do some, just you and I. You don't have to have this fool in here. But also, it's it's a lot of fun to have uh, Crazy Uncle Seth and uh, Don Wayne Gacy on on the pod all together, too. So we'll have to find some for the, the trio to do as well. But um, just wanted to say thank you to all of our listeners out there for tuning in. I, I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. Uh, it's, it feels kind of like a special episode because... You know, like I said in the beginning in the intro, that it's not just Crazy Uncle Seth, but it's also um, the one and only Donnie that we've talked about in the past. So uh, I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. If you guys want more content from the film room, you can follow us on the socials. We are on Facebook. We are on Twitter. We are on Instagram. But I think you'll get the most excitement out of our TikTok account. Um, Posting videos on there um, quite consistently. And uh, I did kind of want to plug a video that I posted on there. I think it's our, our most recent one of uh, a bunch of uh, selfies from Seth. <laughs> Seth, do you want to give the backstory behind that? I don't know what the hell you're uh, talking about. 
Please tell me he's fully dressed. He's he. Have you not seen it, Donnie? What in the fuck do you mean by that, Donnie? For fuck's sake, of course. I don't know what the hell you're doing. Well, I was taking a picture of fucking Freddy Krueger, all right? <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, oh, I was naked, asshole. What the fuck? <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. I guess you... I touched a nerve. Yeah, apparently. He must yeah. not have oh, gave you oh, yeah, those pictures, me. Matt. Oh, yeah, it's me. Oh, oh, you He's like, I didn't oh, give you God. those pictures, did oh, I? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> fucking idiots. Jesus, man. <laughs> <laughs> of course I did. I took a picture. I sent it to Matt and he made a cool thing out of it. Yeah, but I, I think the funny thing about it, Seth, is that I asked you... You better shut the fuck up. <laughs> let me finish. Let me finish. I think the funny thing, Seth, is that I asked you for one picture and you and you responded like, nah, I don't know if I really want to do that. And I said, come on, dude. I, I was like, the people want it. I'm going to do a poll and I'm going to put it oh, on Oh, fuck you, man. And then what does he do? He sends me 12. Dude, I was trying to figure out how to have the lantern so Freddy was fucking lit up. And when I took him, I guess I sent you them all. I just please, like, but you did something pretty cool out of it. So fuck off, please, <laughs> please tell me he had a George Costanza pose on the couch as one of the pictures, just uh, in boxers. What? <laughs> what? You don't remember George when oh, he posed I know on exactly the couch? What you're talking about, but I can what? see you re- reenacting what? that pose. No, you ain't gonna see me in anything. What are you Ooh. talking about? Damn knucklehead! <laughs> <laughs> oh fucking a! Well, I think he struck another nerve with his Seinfeld obsession. So I uh, kind of was oh, thinking oh, that. So that's the way it's gonna be. It's gonna be just let's throw <laughs> step down. Let's make sure we make him look like a fucking chucklehead. I don't think we're having to really do a lot. You know what? You need to shut up. <laughs> we were we did not pick on you during this whole thing, Seth. I just I did not say that. We haven't been on the whole thing for a while. Holy shit, this is awesome. But uh let me let me get back in, <laughs> into the plug here. So uh, uh yeah, obviously follow us on the socials. Um please leave a rating and a review on you know Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you guys are listening to this. It really helps out um, the podcast and it helps other people discover us so that they can get this beautiful um, content into their little tiny ear holes. Lastly, I want to plug our Patreon account. A lot of great stuff on there. I'm posting um kind of like pre-recording sh- uh shit shooting with you know would either it's keller crazy uncle seth or donnie or whoever it might be um it's, it's kind of like bonus content i have uh i think i actually did a patreon clip i posted about a 20 minute clip that you guys can check out but if you want to if you want to listen to the full two hour episode go ahead pop on over our patreon account as little as a dollar a month and you can get that content among other written content that I put out there. I do uh, written blogs and reviews on there, a bunch of different stuff that I'm, I'm putting on there on a weekly basis. So uh, that is the film room or patreon.com backslash the film room horror. 
Um, just look for the logo. You'll be able to find it. And uh, would appreciate your support, obviously. So, all right, fellas, I think that's uh, that's time. I think we're we're finally here at the end. Like I, like I said, I'm beating the same drum, but thank you guys for for joining me on this episode, and uh, I look forward to our to our next one. So, uh, why don't you say goodbye to the uh, the friendly people? All right, crazy stuff. Out. Oh, am I here? Uh, thanks for having me on again I enjoyed it and hope to do this again and thanks listeners if you enjoy this join up (laughs) and one word from Pennywise (laughs) (laughs) look at all you beautiful people how can you change his nickname to anything but Crazy Uncle Seth? I don't think anything else works. I know. I, I think, this is a 30-second oh, clip of it. Good content. I love it. <laughs> yep. I missed you. Crazy Uncle Seth. The fuck was that? No, that's Crazy Uncle Donnie right there. All right. We got to end this episode. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Until next time. We out.